love laid bare. Sharing the highs and lows of stories that matter to you. One conversation at a time. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are in the world. You are through to another episode of Love Laid Bear and I'm of course your host Dion. So hi guys, it's another week. How have you been? Um, Last week on A Dose of Dion we spoke about, um, you know, you know, the racial traumas, the um, the protests, the counter-protests that happened um, on the weekend before. <clears throat> How is everybody feeling? Um, I've had a few messages from people kind of saying that, you know, they're still feeling a little bit off kilter. Um, and just just know that this is completely normal. Um like I said last week, I do feel like there's a slight change in the atmosphere. And, and and again, you know, we are seeing a lot of kind of um, quite aggressive um, racial language, especially on social media. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's just remember to, to look after yourselves. And I keep saying this, look after yourself. Sometimes just disconnect. It's OK. Um, you can always head over to our resources page. And there's a list of support services there. There are a lot of therapists providing um, free therapy for black people right now. So again, head over to our resources page and you can find some support there. Um, And as you know, guys, you can always drop me a line, but I'll I'll give you my details at the end of the show. So um, I remember sometime last year in my, in my, the lovely bear Facebook group, (laughs) this lady said, you know, I thought this Facebook group was about love. And I was like, <clears throat> well, you know, um, it is in its own kind of way, but we're looking at love in its entirety. It's not just about relationship love. It's about love of self and love of all things. Um, so as you guys know, I've kind of not really done that much on relationships, really. You know, we've done kind of like co-parent relationships. Maybe we did the situationship episode, but that was a long time ago. So we've not really kind of delved into the relationship arena. And, I, and I'm going to be honest, it's probably more so due to me, maybe just not wanting to explore that side with you guys, because, you know, I'm just very open with everything. Um, but here we are today. And I have a fantastic guest. Look, I'll give you a little backstory. I was talking to a friend of mine and um, prior a couple of weeks prior to that, I was like, God, you know what? I really wish we had like a UK-based black male relationship coach because there's so many in the States. Um, and it'd be nice if there was kind of one. And anyway, I spoke and spoke to a friend. She was like, do you know what, Dion? Because she came to me to ask me for some advice and stuff. And as she was talking, she mentioned that she um, had a consultation with this relationship coach. And automatically, I just assumed that he must have been a white male. I don't know why I just did. Um, And then as she got talking and she was like, oh, yeah, and he's black and blah, blah. I was like, whoa, whoa, really? So the synchronicity, you see, when you ask the universe for things, it will bring it and it will deliver. So um, can I introduce you to... Victor Granville, he is the real love strategist, relationship coach, facilitator, author of three books, speaker, 
Um, welcome to Lovely Bear, Victor. Hi there, Dion. Uh, really, really good to be here. So thank you for having me. No, you're welcome. So how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here and to see what unfolds. Um, had a little bit of a cloudy head, but it seems to be clearing up. Fantastic. We're going to send you some good vibrations, mm. good frequencies to heal that head of yours. Um, just to let you guys know, um, you can follow Victor uh, on Insta at victor.granville and on Facebook, he has a group called Attract Real Love at Last. Mm-hmm. Attract Real Love at Last. So whip out your phones and follow him because there's going to be a lot of information that he's going to share. Um, and I think it'll be beneficial if you're listening and also also just scrolling through his Facebook and Instagram. <clears throat> so, Victor, mm. how did you get into relationship coaching? So that's a really wonderful question. So I believe <clears throat> it's been um, so I was in, I was very much someone that's very much into personal development from a very young age, and um, and. Uh, growing is a big value of mine uh, I was always curious and and that what started my journey to the personal development world and where I became um, a coach so that I could really support not only myself but to support others <clears throat> when it comes to relationship I'm coming from <clears throat> um, a home a dysfunctional home like some like many people um, where where I was coming from there's a lot of fear uh, in my home growing up and um, I had to do a lot of work to move through that and so that I could be um, ready and available for a relationship myself mm-hmm. and so have, I knew that I needed to work and work through my wound and work through my traumas and and as a result I knew that I could help people and was positioned in a way to help people because of what I went through and I really believe that that unless we are doing the work around self-love and doing the work to heal, um, then we're not going to be able to create wonderful relationships. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and you know, I would always get a lot of people coming to me uh, with their problems growing up uh, or their relationship issues or their struggles or with these questions and they'd gravitate towards me and I would be able to support them and see things in a particular different way that would really get to the to the issues really fast and so I really again really wanted to hone that and support that and then the other piece is I really believe that I'm guided by God into this work um I I believe it's a calling because I just you know there are times I've walked away to do other things but I found myself coming back because Mm -hmm. this this is really the work that um once we work on ourselves and heal the relationship first with ourselves, then we can have healing and supporting relationships with others. And then we heal our, our ourselves, we heal our families, we heal our communities, we heal our societies, we heal our cities, we heal our nations, we heal the world. It starts with us. And it starts with that self-love. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's absolutely a ripple effect, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. So... Would you say that you are still on a journey with yourself in terms of your own healing, or would you say that you know where you are right now, you're 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 good? You feel like you're maybe like competent in in a relationship? Would you say absolutely? I think, uh, or I know that we're not we're never done. We're never done with healing. 
Healing is a process. It's not an event. It's not somewhere we arrive at and think, yeah, we're done. Hello. No. But it is a process. And there will always be something that comes so that it can challenge you, so you can, you can evolve your being to learn how to love. And um, there's many, many, many false beliefs we've absorbed and many um, ideas that we've absorbed that just aren't true and that create issues in our, in our, in our own life and, and, and we need to heal that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm on a journey. I'm always in process. Um, yes, there'll be things that, that I've healed and put behind me but they will always, I will always be in process and of evolving. Fantastic. Could you um talk to us about your inner body work, and it maybe break break down what that is. Inner body work. Inner 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 bonding. Sorry, inner bonding. Yes. So um so inner bonding is is about um creating secure attachments within, and it's about forming the relationship, a whole relationship with ourselves, um, with our feelings, uh, our inner child um, or core self, uh, and to really learn how to heal the false beliefs that we've absorbed or learned uh, growing up when we was uh, small uh, as adolescents. And so we would have maybe um, formed unhealthy attachments with people when we didn't get the love that we wanted. And so um, mm-hmm. this work is all about how to learn how to really deeply love yourself so that you can um, create um, healthy connections within so that you can form healthy relationships outside. So how does that differ from, say, normal kind of mainstream therapy? Well, for me, traditional therapy doesn't bring in... I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of differences, but for me... Um, a lot of traditional therapies and uh, and modalities out there don't include a spirit or honor the spiritual element of us. Mm, yeah. Know? And so I always you see without without us accessing our higher mind, without us accessing um, the love that is unconditional, the love that is all around us, and the truth and the wisdom that's embodied in that love that is all around us, which I call God, um, then we're left with our ego program mind, the mind that mm-hmm. has absorbed many false beliefs, many false lies, many limit, limitations. And, and if we continue to listen to that programmed aspect of us, then which is limited in its thinking, um, then we will have limited experiences, a limited life, a limited reality, because it is, it is not based on anything that's true. Mm, very interesting. No, that's very much in line with um, you know how we feel at Lovely Bear. Um, I'm I'm very much a kind of I feel like healing is a three pronged approach, so mind, body, and spirit. Mm. Um, so that's kind of something that I'm trying to get across to um the listeners. So thank you for that. Yeah. Okay, so um, where shall we start? Um, healing before entering a new relationship. Now. You know, you would think that it would be obvious that that is something that you should undertake before you do that. However, um, you see time and time again, people kind of um, jumping into new situations. Um, and, you know, 
there's there's one particular person I know, for example, who had a habit of moving with the expectation that things in her life would change once she moved to this new place. And after several different moves, you're still in the same situation with the same type of people. So can you just break down to us why it is so important that healing is a must before you enter into something new? Mm, yeah, <clears throat> really good question. Um, so first of all, I'll just speak to that part about, um, you know, you can you can go from geographical location to geographical location. You can leave relationship upon relationship but you don't get to leave yourself Mm -hmm. and it's yourself that holds your beliefs and your patterns and your ideas and concepts about your self-worth lovability and what uh, it means to to love and or be loved or to share love so you, you you're carrying that with you wherever you go and just because you swap out people or swap out locations doesn't mean it's going to change what you're creating on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so when you're finding yourself attracting different people, uh, same face, different people, yeah. um, then you, and you're the common denominator, you need to look at yourself and say, wow, how am I creating this? You need to ask yourself, how is this happening? Uh, how is this not happening to me, but how is it happening through me? Yeah? How mm-hmm. is it happening through my belief system? How am I creating this? Unconsciously, for the most part, how am I creating this? And so when you bring that reflective awareness in, then you can begin to look at um, your belief system. You can be look at the, the structures, your, you, you have your mental structures that you've got in place that are creating this and creating this. And so, so that's why you get that pattern, keep on repeating itself. So until you heal the pattern that, or at least you heal the part of you that draws in that pattern, uh, then you will continue to draw in that pattern. But if you heal that part, then you won't need that pattern anymore, then it disappears from your life. And so so it's very important to do your healing work because another principle is that um, we attract people at a common level of uh, self-abandonment or self-rejection or we attract people at a common level of self-love or self or emotional health. So to the degree that you are taking care of yourself, valuing yourself, loving yourself, um, and taking loving action in the world on behalf of yourself, is the degree to which you will attract somebody else like that, who is also, and find attraction towards that person. Someone who's Mm -hmm. taking responsibility for themselves, someone who's valuing themselves, someone that um, is loving themselves. Versus, uh, somebody who is rejecting themselves, is judging themselves, is comparing themselves, is keeping themselves, um, not seeing themselves, and uh, not wanting responsibility <clears throat> for themselves. So then you, you, if you're operating like that, you will attract somebody like that. And so, so this is why it's important to heal. And again, I'm not suggesting that you can heal and be done or you have to be perfect before you yeah. can enter mm-hmm. into another relationship. No, because relationships offer a wonderful arena for personal growth. Yeah, they offer that. And if when you are 
when you do enough healing work, <clears throat> then you are able to raise your frequency enough to attract a healthy relationship, healthy enough relationship to do your work inside it. Mm-hmm. But if you're not taking care and taking responsibility and loving yourself and, and doing your work, then what you'll find is somebody who is also wanting to do the same thing, avoid responsibility and make someone else responsible for them. Uh, and then you fall into these codependent relationships and you, um, and, and then you attract someone that wants you to do the job of loving them. Uh, just, yes. as, just as you're wanting to find someone that wants a job of loving you. And that is, that's a problem. So Yeah, that's, that, that's, 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 that's a big problem. <laughs> that's a very big problem. Because if you don't, if you, if you don't have that, kind of that foundation of um you know love of self mm-hmm. you, you know it's, it's it's like it's like two empty yes jugs exactly. meeting together expecting to be filled up and then exactly. you know no one's getting what they need exactly because you're because you're both empty um you know i i'm, I'm so glad you mentioned about um you know a lot of these things being unconscious so if you are a person who you 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 can't see the wood from the trees you know you you, you know you you've not really done much self awareness work all you know is is that i keep ending up in these situations are there any other kind of indicators that people should could could maybe look for um to to know that they're not healed because again you know sometimes the ego can kick in and you can be like there's nothing wrong with me because you literally haven't um, determined what your blind spots are, so you have no idea. Um, but is 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 there anything um, that people could maybe look out for um, to kind of signal that actually they're not as healed as they think they are? Well, there's two there's two main things that that get people to open up to do this type of work. So the first thing is. Um, and it doesn't have to be, but it seems to be quite common and the way it happens that people get sick and tired of things not working out in their life. They get Mm. sick and tired of being in anger, depression, rage, shame, jealousy. They get sick and tired of uh, circling back around the same situations or certain things not working out time and time after again. And they're not manifesting, not creating the things they want. They keep coming up against blocks. And it's going to come to a point where, you wake up and say, oh, gosh, this whatever I'm doing is not working. I'm trying to move forward. It's not working. So your external life and your inner your inner emotional uh, well-being is great indicators for, for individuals to, to see if what they're doing is working. Is it satisfying? Is it fulfilling? So that's why it's so important to be tuned into your body. And a lot of, a lot of us have been trained out of being mm. in our body and trained yes. to being in our heads <clears throat> because mm. you know and there's very good reasons because you know growing up we might have come from trauma we might have come from lots of uh, wounding and and there's a lot of pain around that and so you as a child you would have learned to to disconnect from your emotional body and stay in your head because it's safe and but if you're doing that in, as an adult then you you cut yourself off from a very large wealth of information that lets you know what's what's good and true for you and what's not and so um so yeah so people must come into an awareness first and oftentimes that awareness is my life's not working now mm-hmm. you don't have to wait till that happens sometimes people can be like you know what 
um, I'm good, but I want to create something. You know, I, I want to create from inspiration. I want to create from joy. I want to create from this place of um, just um, self-expression and creativity. Mm-hmm. And then you can set about, okay, what do I want to invite into my life? And then you can start making those types of changes from that. Um, but yeah, so very good indicator. Your life is a very, very good feedback system um, if you pay attention to it. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's very interesting. Mm. So another question I want to ask you is that, you know, I feel like a lot of um a lot of this information tends to be directed towards women. And what I find is is that, you know, you'll have a a slew of women who are dedicated um to their you know their kind of self-development and building up their self-awareness and and trying to do that healing however they're likely to come across men or other people who have not invested that same time that they have so what then happens when you know you have someone who is willing to to do the work um you know it, it, it in all faith you know they, they they feel like they've done the work um but then the other people aren't doing that work so is what happens when we get to that kind of loggerhead well you see that you 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 attract again you're trapped at your common level of wounded uh, woundedness or your common level of self-rejection or the common level of emotional health and mm-hmm. so to the degree that you're working on yourself, you will meet someone at that level. And to the degree that you're not, you won't. Okay, so if so if somebody is if somebody's still meeting the same types of people, mm. then that means that they've not kind of raised their vibrations right. enough. Is that right? Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Yeah, because people who are people who are valuing themselves, people who are kind to themselves, people who are responsible, people who are taking care of their own happiness, people who are joyful. They're not attracted to people who want to abdicate responsibility for themselves. They're not attracted mm-hmm. to people that want to stay in this place of making, um, uh, blaming the world and criticizing and and not not uh, being a leader in their life. And and so they will have compassion for people who are in 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 places that not, that's not where they are, mm. but um, they won't be attracted to them at a romantic level. So so the attraction is coming at that commonplace of health or commonplace of self-rejection. Okay. So just to reiterate, if you're still meeting um, the same types of people, you clearly have a lot more work to do. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like this whole thing about um, emotional availability. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot, I do a lot of work around that. And, you know, one of the things is, I keep attracting emotionally unavailable partners, you know, people who are just not uh, present, people who are not available to me and to meet my needs. And, and, and I keep meeting this type of person. And again, it's like I said before, if it keeps on happening, you've got to look at yourself and say, okay, let me take my eyes off of them. Because it's easy to distract ourselves by looking externally and trying to find mm-hmm. out what they're doing, what they're not doing, how they should be showing up. But then that keeps you distracted from you doing your own work and you placing your attention 
where you have most power. You have no power over changing somebody else or getting them to be different. So there's a waste of time trying to focus there. You want to bring your attention back to you and you want to look at what am I doing? How am I creating this? What am I believing? Why am I making myself available for this? Because if I'm making myself available for this this type of uh, interactions or relationship that, that I'm describing as unavailable people that I'm bringing in, then you have to acknowledge that there's some an unavailable part of you that is resonating with them. Yeah, and oftentimes it is to you know when 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 unavailable people come together, um, and it's before I go there, it's always very easy to see when you're when you're showing up. Or, you know, mm-hmm. It's very easy to see um, uh, other people who are not. You know, you're like, yeah, they're not they're not ringing, they're not checking up on me, they're not doing this, or she's not doing that, or. And, and she's not coming, you know, she's not being forthright with me, she's not, you know, or she's not um, wanting to discuss things or move things forward, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the moment that person, if that person was truly available and they said, right, you know what, I'm here, I'm really wanting this, I, I want to do this relationship and whatever mm-hmm. it takes, I'm now available. Then it's likely that person will get scared and run away. Yeah, because mm-hmm. what, underlines or underpins this um emotional unavailability is a fear of intimacy right and you know i'm i was just about to say that but Mm. yes go for it go for it yeah yeah so it's a fear of intimacy and um and and the funny thing is it's not actually a fear of intimacy because it's if people could guarantee that intimacy would be a great experience people would just in drones go towards it but it's what they fear underneath intimacy which Mm. is the fear of rejection or oh, yeah. the fear of being engulfed or invaded or controlled. Oh, that is that is Victor a beautiful segue into mm-hmm. my next question. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Um, so how then does rejection affect our approach to new relationships? Um, and the reason I ask that is because I think. When I'm speaking to my girlfriends and stuff like that and they're on dating websites and all that kind of stuff and they might come across a really, you know, as someone that they deem to be very attractive or maybe too attractive and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to bother with that one because, you know, he's a bit too, he's a bit too attractive. Where, just explain to the listeners where, what, 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 what is going on inside that person when they say something like that? That they don't want to, they don't want to connect with this person because they're too attractive. Yeah, well, they feel like they're too attractive for them. Right, right. So, so already they're they're rejecting themselves. Mm. So they're rejecting themselves, and and they're now fearing the rejection coming from them because they're rejecting themselves, and so uh, it's a way of. Again, let, let me get in there first before you can do it, and I'll disqualify myself from even trying to, mm. in order to stay safe. Mm. Yeah, let me get in there first. And you know, again, all this, all this type of work, um, things that show up in our adult relationships, in my work, uh, I, I tie it back. There is a there is a direct link to 
what went on in the home, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, I think you mentioned earlier, the self-abandonment part is where mm. we're learning all these fears and where we're learning all these protections that if we do not attend to them in adult, then they're going to play themselves out. And so there's good reasons why um, that particular person would be saying that, you know, well, I'm, 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 they're too good looking for me or I'm not good, not good enough looking for them. So, you know, you've already disqualified yourself. You've mm. already rejected yourself. And of course, if you're already rejecting yourself, of course you're going to fear being rejected from somebody else as well. Absolutely. And, and I think all, I think also, sorry to cut you, yeah, I think uh-huh. also as well, I think to, to look at somebody on such a superficial level and determine that you wouldn't be good enough for them based on their looks, you're, you're kind of, um, you're cutting out, you know, 90% of someone else's being. And actually, when you think about it, it's, it's actually quite rude to think that somebody would even be that shallow um and you don't even know them to to make the assumption that they just wouldn't find you attractive because you think they're way more attractive than you are do you know what i mean yeah and and the ego the ego is shallow the ego is shallow so um if you are already saying if you are already rejecting yourself that means you have not you you do not see yourself and if you cannot see yourself, you cannot see somebody else's essence. So if you're if you're if you're not see if you're if you can't see yourself, it's because you're judging yourself on your externals, rather than who you are, which is way more magnificent and more beautiful, and your your deep intrinsic qualities that make up who you really are. And if you can't see that person, then you're going to not be able to see that in other in other people. And so you're going to only see them by the same way you judge yourself, which is by the externals. And then you're going to make those, you're going to be related to someone from the false, from the false selves. So would you say then if that is, because surely if, if that's how you see yourself, then you must then also be putting out that vibe to other people, no? Absolutely. Uh, self-rejection, and, and, it, and it's likely not just happening there, but self-rejection is a major form of um, self-abandonment because you're judging yourself. You're judging yourself. Sorry, self-judgment is a major form of self-rejection because when you're judging yourself, you're saying that you're not good enough. You're ugly. Mm. You're you're not attractive enough. You're not good. You're not not adequate enough. you're You're not enough. And that has a very low frequency when you're judging yourself, yeah. and which is mm-hmm. low energy, low vibe. And so when you're pushing that low vibe out, you're gonna reflect it's gonna get reflected back to you. So you're gonna start attracting more rejecting experiences that mirror your own self-rejection. And and you won't allow yourself more uh, because you don't see you can't attract um beyond the image of your self-concept. You cannot attract beyond that so if you think you're not good enough you think you're not mm-hmm. worthy you think you're unlovable you think you're you're, you're inadequate in some way you think you're too fat you think you're too this then you're not going to be able to be in a high enough frequency to attract someone who's healthy because you're not being healthy with yourself self yeah mm. you're dropping some gems on us victor mm. 
<laughs> no, it's even it's, no, it's it's even making me think about a few things. Oh. And as much as as no, no, honestly, and as much as you know, I kind of feel like, oh, you know, not that I know everything, but mm. you know, I I feel like you know, I've done I've done a lot of work to kind of know myself, right? You know, um, but it's just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> What's laughing? <laughs> no, I think I think just you know you speak you kind of like just reinforcing again. Not that I didn't know, but just the mm. kind of reinforcement of you know you're 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 attracting, um, you know what is innately within you and yeah, kind of like, you're mm. a magnet. You're a magnet. Mm. You got to see yourself like a magnet. What magnet are you being? If you look at what's what you're attracting, then ask yourself. You know, is this who I want to be uh, showing up as? Because this is what I'm bringing in. Mm. I feel a little bit dragged at the moment. Victor, I'm gonna lie. <laughs> no dragging going on. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but now it's good because, again, I think it just it just demonstrates that, again, like you say, learning is um, like learning about yourself is is a is a lifelong thing. And, you know, you could very well be on the right path. Mm. But then sometimes get derailed a bit and maybe you've ended up in the forest a little bit and you're like, oh, wow, it's a bit dark here. You know, let me right. start clearing the bushes away, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that kind of goes for a lot of people because I think sometimes you do feel like you're, everything is going well, but, but you know, it's like the Achilles heel. There's, there's, the, there's an area that, you know, you, you're not aware of that needed that healing and mm. it's now showing up mm-hmm. in, you know, someone else so you know that's 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 very very um very interesting I think a lot of people will probably resonate with that actually um Mm. so tell us um some more ways how rejection can kind of show up and you know the effects that it can have well one way in which rejection uh rejecting oneself is that you know you can see it when yeah you can say you you get you say that the other person is is isn't uh, organized enough. They're not um, they're not smart, intellectual enough. They're not they're not they haven't got this drive. They haven't got this ambition. They haven't got it. And you know they they can say all these things. Why this person? They're just basically chipping this person down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and they're doing that to protect themselves from opening up to the possibility of love, because there's a false belief that's driving this which is if they get close to me and see inside me what is there is i'm afraid that they're going to see that there's nothing there i'm going to to be afraid that if Mm -hmm. they get to see who i really am they're going to reject me and so i'm going to keep them at at bay and i'm going to help myself keep them there by telling me telling myself all the things that's wrong with them Mm. that's one way do you find that's um, uh, an equal thing when it comes to men and women? Do you think men and women pretty much operate the same way when it comes to that? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Because at, you know, at a fundamental level, we we have um, we want safety. We we have fears, and then we have these beliefs that we've acquired. And and um, yes, it, unless you've done the work to create inner safety then you're going to try and create safety externally uh, in many, mm-hmm. many different types of controlling ways. And and that's something men and women do. Mm. Inner safety. That's a little note I'm going to take down there for myself. I need to have a look into that. Inner mm. safety. Mm. 
Yeah, because like, yeah, there's many ways in which we've learned to control, to um, to avoid, to protect, and as a way to control getting love, to avoid uh, pain, and to feel safe. And these are the things which we've learned when we were small, when we was growing up in homes where we wasn't getting the love that we needed in the mm-hmm. way we needed it. We started to uh, learn some creative ways of either uh, giving ourselves up or shutting down or or going along with things, quieting in our voice in order to be seen, in order to get love, in order to to not feel the pain from not being loved mm-hmm. and, and enjoying abuse, you know, in, in the home that that had you shut down and disconnect from your feelings um and so now as adults you don't you, you don't feel you don't want you don't, it's not safe to feel you know um uh, or as an adult now you're still trying to control getting the love that you never got from your mum or dad uh, in this surrogate partner that's in front of you and then you're trying to control them in the same ways you did in your, as a child and then what you're actually doing is pushing away love in your present because you haven't done the healing work you haven't created uh those inner that inner safety as well so when you say so when you say um control with your partner what Mm. does that look like well control can look like anything because and and again i want us to take the judgment of control i've not talked um see if we judge and control then we can't learn from the ways in which we do control and everybody controls everybody controls because that's what we learned how to do when we didn't get love we needed. And control can look like arguing. Control can look like explaining. It can look like defending. It can look like um, giving yourself up. It can look like caretaking. It can, it can be so many things because um, what, what, you're, what is behind those behaviors I've just explained, like defending and, and, um, and getting angry. For example, let's take angry. Angry is a form of control because... It's like, mm, if, yeah. yeah. If I get <laughs> if I get angry, then you're gonna see that you've done something wrong. You're gonna recognize the error of your ways, and then you're gonna change so that then change your behavior so that I so that I can feel okay. So yeah. that so you're using your anger to control getting someone else to be different so that you can feel okay, rather than you doing the work to feel okay, irrespective of how they're showing up. Hmm. Oh, that was a bomb. That was a bomb. Just think, yeah, no, no. <laughs> because I, you, you've just, you've just, you've described it so perfectly. Anger is such, you know, and because I'm just, I'm just thinking about, you know, situations and growing up and things that I've experienced, mm. and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on, mm. spot on. It's also a, it's also a protection mechanism as well. Uh, which is again another form of control. Which is, I'm going to use anger to control against feeling my deep heartbreak, my deep uh, helplessness over a situation. Mm. I'm going to use my anger to not feel my grief, you know. And so it can also be a cover over feeling. Interesting. Um, I read that you 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 have some type of what's it called anger, anger anger type. Not what's it called non. Anger communication, nonviolent communication, nonviolent communication. Yeah, Tell us yeah. about that. So, nonviolent communication uh, again is another body of work that is is all about recognizing that 
um, the way in which we 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 talk to ourselves. This this guy called Marshall Rosenberg, he created it. Um, he 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 said that we do violence to ourselves. We talk to ourselves in violent ways, uh, and those violent ways are when we judge ourselves, when we blame ourselves, when we criticize ourselves and others. This is violent to violent way of communicating because it doesn't foster connection. <clears throat> it doesn't foster mm. inner connection and it doesn't foster connection between others. And so we want to drop into language that is needs-based, that focuses on what is your, what are your feelings and what are your needs and communicate that. That's what people can hear rather than your judgments and your blaming and your criticizing. So, for example, um, rather than say, <coughs> um, in angry, you're, you're so mean, what's wrong with you? You know, that might be something you say. And then, mm-hmm. um, and that's not going to create connection. That's just going to create polarization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so when you say you're so mean, it's for you to go inside and drop in and say, what are you feeling? What am I feeling right now? And it could be I'm feeling... I'm feeling so sad or so frustrated, yeah? And then you go to the need. Why are you feeling sad and why are you feeling frustrated? Well, because, then, you, then you hit the need that's, that's up for you in that moment. Well, because I value sharing. I value sharing. I value sharing resources. I value, you know, that, yeah, mutually being able to contribute to each other. And so when you say that, you know, when you don't, you know, come and offer me, you know, those two things, I feel sad. I feel frustrated because I really value sharing. I really value being able to contribute to each other, you know, and that's easier to take in. That's easy. You know, if the goal is, I, you know, I always say, um, speak to be heard. Um, you want to speak to be heard, not just to get words out. And, yeah, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to be heard if you're coming at people with a firehose. But surely this must have this must be this must have worked for people before for, for them to still kind of for that still to be their approach. Do you know what I mean? Say, um, say more. So, so what I mean is, you know, you said, you know, speak to be heard. Don't come at people with like a firehose. Mm. So I was saying, well, you know. For a lot of yes, people, yes. it works for them, yes. or so they think. Yes, you know, or so they think, and and yes, and people gonna people will get into this wounded behavior where um, these systems of I'm gonna control you with my anger, and I'm gonna resist you with my anger. I'm gonna control you, uh, or I'm gonna comply. But any time that we do anything that we don't really want to do, the relationship pays, and it may not. You may not see the cost of it up front, but it's going to mm-hmm. come out. And this is like those relationships where, um, you know, there's everything's going smoothly, smoothly, smoothly. And then out of nowhere, boom, it's like volcano erupts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, well, where did this come from? Well, it's from people not taking responsibility for themselves, people abandoning themselves by you know, going along, giving themselves up to try and control other people's anger, not get them reactive, and, you know, you're just going along to to, to make it easy. But, at the, but in doing that, you are abdicating yourself. You are denying yourself. You are 
and that creates resentment, that creates anger inside you, and in after a while you're going to erupt, uh, or you're or you're just going to leave the disengage from the relationship. Absolutely. So, someone in that situation, you know, what kind of things can they do to work with their partner? Um, because I, you know, self awareness work is, is hard enough as it is, but if you can see that your partner clearly has an issue like that, for example, um, yeah. how, how, how do you work to meet each other in the middle? Well, it's, it's, you, first of the first place is you want to take your eyes off your partner and look at yourself and look at yourself. Cause you have no control over your partner and how mm. he or she decides to show up in that moment, but you have every power and control over yourself. Mm-hmm. So when so if you are met with your partner's anger, then <clears throat> what some people do is they resist it, as I said, or they comply, or they go along with it, um, or they shut down and get silent, or um, or any number of things. Now that just enables and it yes. just creates that mm-hmm. system to go go on and go on. And this person just learns that yeah, this works. Yeah, at, at some level it works, otherwise they would not continue to get angry. You're available for it. And mm. so you need to ask yourself, why am I available for this anger? Yeah, why are you making yourself available? Why are you making mm. yourself available? And so one of the things is this person now has to learn self-love. And self-love in the terms of um, making love, making setting boundaries. Uh, loving boundaries and limits on behavior that's not loving. You see, if you're not, if you're not loving yourself, then you're going to allow that type of behavior to come to, come to be on the receiving end of that type of behavior if you're not loving yourself. But if you mm-hmm. are loving yourself, you know that it's not loving to be on the receiving end of someone dumping their anger or raging at you or being angry at you or trying to control you. And so you can do two things. You can, um, you can disconnect from that, lovingly disengage from that interaction, uh, which means you're not trying to punish them. You're not trying to close your heart. You're just getting yourself out of range of that type of communication. Now, mm-hmm. depending on the type of situation, depending on the relationship, you, depending on what you know about the person, you can just walk away uh, because that's most loving and most and that's safe for you. Or you can say, you know, it sounds like you've got something very important to say here, but it's very hard for me to hear you when you're shouting. It's very hard for me to hear. If you continue to talk like that, I'm going to walk away. Mm. And you say, I'm going to walk away. You don't ask them, can you please change because you have no control over them. Yeah. I'm going to walk away because that's what you can actually make happen. Mm, okay. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people get... So, um, again, again, it's learned, it's conditioning. It's the conditioning of, uh, I'm going to control you. Uh, and, you know, control you to get love with my anger because this person actually getting angry. They're trying to control getting this other person to give them what they're not giving themselves or make them give themselves up to please them and meet their needs because anger is not loving in in to be speaking like that communicating that that, that way to your partner mm. and that and that and what's your opinion on this then so someone who maybe who might be angry by nature would you say that they are kind of vibrating at a much lower frequency? Absolutely. And they're not, 
and I wouldn't say that they're by nature. It's learned. Learned. Yeah. Oh, so you think all anger is learned? The, the controlling type of anger is learned. It was they, they would have picked it up from the modelling that they received from their parents or education or teachers or someone. They would have, as a kid, they would have seen that this is the way from the adults, this is the way that things happen or get done. When you don't get what you want, you get angry and then things work. And so mm. that's, you know, when they're being angry and they're not being themselves in their authentic selves, they're being in their conditioning. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, because, you know, we, we all have, we all, in, in relation, we all have two aspects. We all have our true, authentic self. And then we have another part of us that has been conditioned and conditioned with so many false beliefs, so many lies about who we are, about relationships, about love, about life. And as long as we're operating from those, that, that programming, um, we, we're going to get ourselves into relationship issues and struggles and problems and life problems. But when we're operating from who we truly are, our authentic self, uh, then we have access to truth. We have access to, to love. Um, and so that we don't have to control people to get our needs met. Mm. You know? So would you say anger, maybe at its core, is, it is kind of developed from maybe, again, fear and maybe the fear of rejection perhaps? So, yeah, so, so again, anger can, so if you say, yeah, so in a situation, you may not have got the love you needed and to protect against the heartbreak of that, then you would have gone to anger. You would have, you would have, you know, anger would have covered up and protect you from feeling these deeper feelings, which you have, you can't really feel as a child. The emotions are too big for your little body, like heartbreak Mm. and helplessness and grief over not being loved you know this is this is your survival you know yeah. and you're not getting it you're not getting what you need and so and then if you realize like oh my gosh i'm i'm in this family and i'm not going to get the love that i need that's heartbreaking to come into that realization so mm-hmm. rather than hold that you you protect against that feeling you make it you 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 shut down you you make it so that um it must be my fault that I'm not getting my love. And this is where shame comes from. It must be my fault that, I, that I'm not getting this love. Because if I was good enough, then my my parents or caregivers who's responsible for me would be giving me the love. And so it must be my fault. And and the conditioned part of us does that as a way to say, well, if it's my fault, then I can do something about it. I can be better, do behave better, be more open, be more loving, then I can get the love. Uh, and, you know, and... So that's so that's one aspect, but then the, the whole helpless side of things, the anger is a protection. It's easier to go to anger than it is to feel that deep heartbreak of not mm. being loved. And so again, when you haven't done your healing work, when you haven't devoted time to loving yourself and learning how to do that, then you bring these patterns, these survival patterns, into your adult relationships. And so um the anger is a survival pattern of, you know, when you get angry, you're making somebody else responsible for you. You're saying, I'm angry. When you say, I'm angry because you did A, B, and C, uh, you're saying that you're responsible for my anger. Yeah. So it takes onus off of you. Yeah. Mm. And you make yourself a victim. You're saying that I can't come out of my anger until you change your behavior. That's the victim. Yeah. 
and again which again which which is actually quite controlling mm. um what is it what what is it about people avoiding that that pain what why 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 are people so resistant i mean it's because we, we we never we was never we were never taught how to manage it and this is why we need to learn how to love ourselves because mm-hmm. we were not taught not many of us very very few of us if at all had really loving role models people that were living and loving themselves seeing themselves uh, and able to see us as children see who we are in our essence and treat us as the lovable beautiful beings that we are and to give us what we needed um and so um and so when when we saw our parents or those that are over us when they get um when they when they don't show how to model they don't model how to take care of these deeper feelings and when we when we see them abandon themselves we see them blame others we see them move, turn to addictions we see them uh just avoid themselves um then we're saying oh so that's the way to to deal with these emotions when they come up and also another part is as a kid we have massive imagination so we we also learn that it must not be safe to feel these feelings so we 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 we, a fear gets created around feeling these feelings like Mm. oh my god it's not safe to fear so you know in my work I find a lot of people, you know, uh, even myself, I had to heal the belief that my pain, it would go on forever if I opened to it, that it's in a big abyss and, I, and it's going to overwhelm me and swallow me up. And and so I avoided connecting with my pain because I was scared of it. But then mm-hmm. once you learn how to manage your pain, um, then you are able to open to it. And and this is a lot of reasons why people fear relationships as well, um, because to really truly be available for a relationship, your heart needs to be open. And if your heart is open, that means you are you are at risk of being hurt. But that is yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> if you don't have the tools to manage your painful feelings, then you will avoid being hurt, which can mean avoiding relationships mm. or avoiding. Uh, vulnerable intimate relationships you choose safety safe relationships over meaningful deep deep, you know nourishing relationships Mm. very very interesting victor um so let's move on to self-love you know i feel like there is so much talk especially especially on instagram about self-love and you know you have all these images of women having a bubble mm. bath you know yeah. <laughs> no do, do you know what I mean and it, it's it's all very um you know treat yourself to a nap you know read mm. a book you know but you know tell us really what true self-love is and at where do you start on your journey to love yourself truly so true self-love is so, so there are different areas of, of self-love. You can love yourself um, physically, you know, take care of your, your body and take care of the, you in, the, in terms of the food you eat. 
And again, that pampering and care and massages and pampering is all part of that physical self-love. Then you've got um, you've got self-love in the realm of um, your organization. You know how you organize your space. You know some people there's just clutter everywhere, and you know and this is where this whole hoarding comes from. But just organizing your space and organizing your time. This is ways in which you can you know, love yourself by showing up on time, being organized, you know, having your affairs in order. Um, mm-hmm. Then you can love yourself in your finances, you know, make sure that you're not putting yourself at undue risk. You are making sure you you don't spend in a way that makes you feel unsafe. Um, you know, you you take care of yourself in your finances. You don't abandon yourself around your finances. And then you've got relational um self-love where where you take responsibility for speaking up in your relationship you take responsibility for not going along with things that you're not that you don't want you know this is this is loving yourself in relationship you mm-hmm. you love yourself by taking up space taking up room in a relationship yeah it's not like oh am i being too much uh, you know um you don't want to say this you don't want to rock the boat you've got to show up you've got to be available you've got to be available in the relationship or your relationship mm-hmm. And so these are ways in which you can love yourself in relationship. And so then you've got one which people tend to neglect and where we have to do real justice here, real work here, and that is uh, emotionally. And we need to learn how to love ourselves emotionally where we're not abandoning ourselves. And the way in which we can abandon ourselves emotionally is that we, um, we judge ourselves harshly, as I said before. We judge ourselves. Um, and when we judge ourselves, it makes us feel very, very bad. It lowers our energy. It makes us feel needy. And um, it, it, it is a very, very painful way of being with ourselves when we're judging ourselves. We're not good enough. We're wrong. We're stupid. We're bad. We're, we're unlovable. We're inadequate. Yeah, all those mm-hmm. things. And I want you to imagine if you had a child and you started telling that child you're not good enough, you're rubbish, you're not, you'll never find love because you're ugly, or you'll never make it because you're just lazy. How would that child feel? And we and we know how those types of people end up very insecure, low self esteem, right. end up in bad relationships. Right, and so so the same way that child would feel low self esteem, very sad, very heavy, very depressed, even very insecure is what we do on an inner level to our inner child inside of us. When we mm. judge ourselves, when we judge ourselves, we are doing that to ourselves. And so that is one way in which we we are not loving ourselves. That's not self-love when we're judging ourselves. And so we've got to be aware of when we are judging ourselves. And the way to be aware is to be in our feelings. Because um, you'll know instantly when you don't feel great. Mm. Um, it's inter- yeah. it's interesting you say about be in your feelings because mm. you know there's this you know this kind of notion nowadays of like you know you don't want to get in your feelings about stuff or you know don't get in your feelings about that you're it's, it's, there's almost this thing where you're kind of perpetually told don't get in your feelings about stuff do you know what I mean and it's actually quite harmful so I'm, I'm actually really happy you use that term well I, I, I would have phrased it differently but <laughs> I would have <laughs> said get present to how you feel mm-hmm yeah. So, because being your feelings, like you said, it's got a, a kind of, it's kind of got a stigma. And I think when 
when people are using that, they're not using it from, they're not saying that from a place of awareness. They're saying yeah. it from a very conditioned place, very egoic mm-hmm. place, uh, being your feelings, meaning you're controlling me, your feelings. Um, what I'm talking about is to, the, 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 our feelings have an amazing wealth of information for us that lets us know when we are loving ourselves and when we're not, when we're in alignment with the truth of our being and when we're out of alignment with that truth. uh, We know this by how we feel. Um, Anytime we feel low vibe, anytime we feel that anger, that depression, that rage, that jealousy, that guilt, that shame, these are these are coming from lies we're telling ourselves. And so, and, and it's not loving. It's not loving mm-hmm. to us to be telling ourselves these things which lower our frequency that make us feel uh, terrible. And this is our self-talk. This is our dialogue, self-dialogue. So you've got to, so part of um, loving yourself is becoming very aware of our intention to either love ourselves mm-hmm and others or our intention to control or protect against our pain with some type of controlling behavior which might be judgment it might be um um making somebody else responsible for us you know that's a huge one when you're making someone else responsible for your feelings for your happiness and for managing your pain then then you have to try and control them to get what you want from them. And any time we're controlling people, we create relationship issues. Can I ask you a question on that, actually? Mm. So if you've got somebody, for example, who um, is doing a lot of self-judgment and they're saying to themselves, you know, I'm, you know, for argument's sake, I, I'm not, I'm not attractive. Mm. Argument's sake, I'm not attractive. Um, and, you know, that has you know, that probably originally bloomed from maybe somebody in school telling them that they weren't attractive. Mm. And then let's say maybe along the way, they've heard other people say that to them as an insult. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were saying like these self-judgments that we make about ourselves are a lie. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who has been made to feel that way initially, Mm -hmm. feels that about themselves and there's also other people telling them that Mm -hmm. how are they going to see it as a lie so the so again the being being told that you're so if you're telling yourself that you're um unattractive yeah and you're then you would have learned you would have learned to treat yourself that way from what you saw modeled yeah so you someone someone you might have been on the receiving end um from your parents or your caregivers or or somebody you learned that i'm attracted i'm unattracted they told you that you somewhere you told that someone told you that or you concluded that by how you were treated by what you saw so you can you falsely concluded that now that is the the conditioned part of us that believes these things that that believes these things that I'm unattractive as mm-hmm. a as a way um, to try and make sense of the world in your little kid mind, try and make sense of the world, or trying to survive not feeling the heartbreak and the pain of really letting that in that that uh, that unloving behavior from another person that's unloving, mm-hmm. yeah. So they protect against it. 
and, and 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 the problem is once you once you believe it. But this has to do with not knowing who you truly are, who you truly are mm-hmm. uh, in your essence. In your essence, there's nothing unattractive about you, and it's about coming into the knowledge of who you truly are. You are not what people project upon you. You are not the what you've believed about those projections. You are. You are a spark of God, a spark of the divine. Mm-hmm. You are, you are come from love. You are love. You are awesome. You are beautiful, and it's about spending time now as adults, getting to know who you really are, and that you're not the labels that people have put on you. You're not the experiences that, that you've gone through. You're not, you know, when people are judging you as unattractive, they're coming from their own wounded place. They're not coming from a place of truth. Truth, yeah, absolutely. And so you absorb that to avoid feeling um, the pain, the very hard pain of that. See, when you're actually in the knowledge of who you are now as an adult, and you know that you're amazing, and you know that you're wonderful, and you know that you're beautiful, and and you're just attractive, and you really get that. You get that on a core level. When someone says you're unattractive, that would be like you, someone telling you that the, the sky is green. Green, yeah, you're like, what? He's <laughs> like, what? what? You know, there must be something going on for you to get that completely wrong or whatever. There's something yeah. going on for you because I know me and I'm amazing. Yeah. This should be walked mm-hmm. off, a duck, off a duck's back. Back, yeah. So you wouldn't internalise it You wouldn't internalise it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, so when you're doing that work to truly get to know who you are, to truly get to appreciate who you are, to truly value who you are, which is the self-love work, is um, then you you're not susceptible to these types of um, statements that people say to take them on and internalize them as you said. Hmm. Yeah, that's so. Thing is, in in essence, what you said can apply to so many um, different different areas of your life. Just in terms of you know how you kind of how you feel about yourself in that particular way and it's just as you're talking it's just it's it's highlighting some things for me mm. um you know like I can laugh when when, when you said oh you know someone says you're not attracted you're like <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> but you but then you know there's, there's other areas of your life where you know you're 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 maybe not as confident or self-affirmed in that way and it's kind of as you were talking it was just making me think about um some of the things where I'm probably coming up short, but that's just because I'm not having the belief system within myself. Yeah. So it's just giving me some food for thought actually about, you know, how, yeah, how I should actually be applying those same tools to those different areas. Do, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's about, mm. um, it's about exploring what you are telling yourself and what, and then exploring why are you telling yourself that? There must be a good reason, and then being able to explore that, and then, um, then you get clear on what you're trying to achieve by saying that. Mm. And then you can test, test whether that's true or not. When you take that to um, the higher, the higher perspective, uh, the higher mm. mind. Very interesting. Oh, Victor, I think I could speak to you all day, but, um, you know, I, I realise that time is of the essence. Um, what does um, a session kind of working with you look like? 
Well, at the moment, I'm do I do I work with people in a program. So, <clears throat> so once we have a conversation, I learn about you and what's going on for you, <clears throat> especially in the realm of I'm <clears throat> oh, sorry, um, relationship and attracting healthy love. You're tired of going around and around in circles. You want to break out this pattern. You want to learn how to love yourself. You want to know how to set boundaries. You want to um, stop getting caught up in the same issues, and you want to. We don't know how to take care of yourself. So we'll we'll have a conversation and then we'll look at what that program, whether that my program is the best fit for you. Okay. All right, fantastic. Yeah. Um it's been a really, really interesting um discussion and I have honestly like yeah, there's so many things that I can take away from um what you said and I'm gonna actually probably do a bit of work after this call just to kind of maybe explore some things a bit more deeply um as we're gonna wrap up now is there any kind of parting words you want to leave us with um and then I guess you can drop your handles and anything that you've got coming up that you could let the listeners know about yeah, so um, so the point was is is um, really start to take an interest, take an interest in how you're feeling, uh, because this is the beginning of self love. If you don't care about your feelings, if you're not even in your body to feel your feelings, and if you don't care about your feelings, well, number one, first, if you're not in your body feeling your feelings, you won't know when something isn't working for you or you won't know how to support yourself but then secondly if you don't care about your feelings it won't matter to you anyway so then you stay mm. in the mire so if you really want to start turning your life around get present to your feelings and take an interest in how you feel and then you might want to do something about it mm. yeah you got a place of value and one of the one of the things that people tend to do is they tend to have a lot of compassion for other people oh yes mm-hmm. a lot of compassion oh, i don't want to do that because it might be this i don't want to do that i don't want to say this because and then then you're hurting because you're not taking care of you and you're not looking at what you're going through so there's a beautiful quote by jack cornfield that says self uh, compassion is not complete if it doesn't include you and so you know, if mm-hmm. and if it doesn't include you, you're not being compassionate. You're being controlling. Yeah, you're trying to get something from the other person, um, to get them to take care of you. Basically, if I care about you, then you care about me. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so yeah so just stay stay in a stay caring about your feelings and have compassion towards your feelings, so that you uh, can become motivated to want to do something about how you feel if you don't feel great. Um, yeah, so there's so much I can say, but um, I just want to say thank you, Dion, for um, having me on your show. And, oh, you're uh, more than welcome. Yeah, you're more really, than welcome, honestly. Really great. Uh, enjoyable to be here. Um, yeah, my handles, my um, Instagram is Victor Granville, victor.granville, the Instagram. And my Facebook group is just uh, search for Attract Real Love at Last. Um, not counterfeit love, yeah? Real love at last. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> every time every time I looked at my notes and I saw the real love, I, I kept breaking that into see I'm searching for a real love and I don't know where Ben Mary J. Blige can't sing. Come on, Come on go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you sing it. I mean I mean I can sing. Mm-hmm. I just can't sing as as well as some of the people. Victor mm. gave me a nice little rendition before we started recording. So now I'm feeling a little bit self-conscious, you know, but my listeners know that I can't sing anyway. But yeah, <laughs> break out. It's a bit a little bit of Everyone Love by Mary J. Blige. But even that, even that, you know, that few lines in the song is very, um, mm. I think it's very apparent about how a lot of people feel about trying to find true love and, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, guys, if you've been listening intently, Victor has pretty much given you the blueprint, but... If you don't feel like you can do that on your own, Victor is there, he is ready and he's available to help you. So please connect with him on Instagram and Facebook. Um, on the blog, I will drop his details on there too. So um, I'll I'll drop some um, hidden links for you to connect straight to his Facebook and Instagram page. Victor, it has been so, um, so interesting. I've learned so much and you've just reinforced a lot of things for me personally as well mm. um you know just some things that I can apply to other areas of my life as well so yeah. I'm very grateful thank you so much for your time today um guys if there's anything that you know you have been affected by um you can head over to our resources page where there are a list of support services and I will add um Victor's details on there too because he does a lot of a lot of work actually that um you know that could be beneficial for you too so I will add him to the resources page um if you want to drop me a line as you know you can message me at info at lovelybear.com or lovelybear at gmail.com or just hit me up in the dms instagram facebook twitter wherever you want to do you know I'm here to always listen um so yeah guys as always I love you take care of yourselves and I will see you next week. And it's a wrap. Love. Love. If you love this episode and know someone who could really benefit from hearing this talk, please share. And whilst you're there, leave me a review. I'd be forever grateful. Help me build awareness and raise consciousness one conversation at a time. Listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox and Apple Podcasts.